everybody, and welcome to Quinn Talk, brand new podcast hosted by me, DeQuincy. I'm sure you're wondering, hey, what's going on here? Where's Anthony? Where's Daniel? Well, let me just spell it out for you. We have a lot of NBA games going on right now, and really, it's just not feasible for me to be driving back and forth between my house and Anthony's house to record them every night. And since he doesn't have a laptop for us to Skype on, that kind of hurts as well. And as far as Daniel is concerned, well, I know I said that we'd be doing the Two Bros podcast every week or so, but right after we record our first podcast, my brother got a new job driving 18-wheelers across the nation. It's great for him because he gets to explore America, take pictures, hook up with ladies, you know, get money, however he rolls. Really hurts me because... Since he's on the road all the time, getting him to stay still for long enough for us to do a 45 to an hour long podcast is damn near impossible. Um, I'm sure you have other questions like, oh, what are these sick beats I just heard? Where'd you get them from? Simple answer. I went on the internet and downloaded some music. That's all you got to say about that. And I'm sure now you're wondering, well, if this podcast has music... How come the Q&A show doesn't have music? Considering that this is the first episode of this one and the Q&A podcast is on its 69th episode. Well, another simple reason. I don't control the music on that podcast. That's Anthony and currently he is um, going into writing music. So he has a brand new guitar. So he's trying to write the theme song for the Q&A podcast. Again, I have no control over that. I'm wishing well, but I'm just going to stay out of it. Muse, if you have a problem with that, hit up Anthony at Ant underscore Garcia 288 and blow his Twitter up and say, hey, how come we don't have music? The Quincy has these sick beats. Why don't you work on that? But getting back to this podcast, uh, we're just going to be, I'm sorry, I'm just going to be talking about the NBA and what's been going on on a nightly basis. Um, I'm going to start with last night's games, set of three games. So let's start with the big one, of course, the one that most Houstonians uh, care about. Rockets 130, Mavericks 128. Houston goes up 3-0 on the Dallas Maps. And I couldn't be happier because I'm sure if you're like me, you've been watching the Rockets for a long time. Nothing brings you more excitement than shutting up Mark Cuban. Before the season, Mark Cuban said that the Rockets were predictable and James Harden should win the MVP because we weren't, quote, a very good team. Well, I will agree with him on one one hand. The Rockets are a predictable team. They basically have two moves. It's either uh, James Harden dribbles around and shoots at the end with four or five seconds left in the shot clock, or it's a lot of pick and rolls between Harden and Dwight, um, or do, like we saw last night or two nights ago, Dwight and um, Josh Smith. And I admit that's predictable. You can see it coming a mile away because they've been doing it for, you know, 82 games or so. But if it's so predictable, Mark, how come you can't stop it? No one on your team seems to be able to stop um, base, uh, Howard or Harden. And this Josh Smith addition from the middle of the season on just is just slicing and dicing your team. Uh let's keep going. Let's just I'm gonna start about the Mavericks. Um first of all let's talk about Ron Rondo who sat out game 
three, and we'll be missing the rest of the series with a bad back. Hmm, I didn't know that your attitude has something to do with your back. Anthony and I spoke about this after game three. Has any point guard in history lost himself as much money as as Rondo has this year? I guess you can say Darren Williams, but since he already has his money, it doesn't really count. We threw we threw figures around last night, and Anthony actually suggested that he would, if he had to go after Rondo, he would offer him a five-year, $10 million deal. Not $10 million per year. Five years, $10 million. I countered by saying if I was in the market for a point guard, I wouldn't even look Rondo's way. I'm, he's a malcontent. He can't shoot threes. He's a 40% free throw shooter. And his defense has slipped from what it was back in 2009, 2010 when he's with the Celtics and they were making runs to the finals. So I, have a, I just want to ask the fans out there, would you rather pay Rondo $12 million a year or Patrick Beverly $6 million a year? The fact that most of you have either already picked Beverly or even thinking about it shows how much Rondo has slipped in the consciousness and I just want to also say that the way he plays basketball where he's the assist man and he runs the team through what he thinks is best was fine back in the 1990s 1980s but that no longer works now when it's all spacing, three-point shooting, drives to the baskets to try to get fouls. Basically, this new quote-unquote Mori ball. I mean, the saddest person to see Rondo sit out was Jason Terry. Because he didn't have to play defense. You knew that you could play 10 feet off of Rondo because he can't shoot and had a fear of shooting. Now poor Terry's like, man, I got to chase J.J. Barrera around these screens all day? It's just, it's a sad end for this trade, which the, I know the Mavericks thought would propel them into the upper echelon of the NBA. And it's done the exact opposite. Before they traded for Rondo, they were the number one team in offensive efficiency. And since he came to the team, they've been one of the bottom third teams. He slows down the pace, bad shooting, bad, just, it's a terrible match. But no doubt that he'll get a contract next year, five years, I'm putting it out there, five years, $70 million, either from LA or New York. It's not bad if you have the money to give him, but he's not that good a player. He doesn't deserve that much money. Just my thought. Uh, moving on to the next person, Dirk Nowinski. This guy left so much money on the table for the Mavericks to build a winner around him. And what did he get him? This failed Rondo trade. And Chandler Parsons, handsome Chandler Parsons, who is out for the rest of the, the rest of the year with a leg injury, I believe. I really can't look it up right now. Because ES, the internet has failed me once again. But this guy left so much money on the table. Which I'm sure he'll get in the back end when he finally retires and gets a piece of the team. 
But still, you make these sacrifices to win a championship, and when it blows up in your face like this, can you really blame someone like Kobe Bryant for going out there and grabbing every dollar that he can? I mean, you and I can both agree that it hurts the team in the long run. You know, Kobe Bryant making $28, $30 million and just taking all the money out of the cap. But then you see the opposite of what's going on with, with Nowinski. He takes a below market, below market deal. He tries to help his team bring in superstars to, to make one last run for a championship. And what? They get the sixth seed and are one game away from getting swept. Doesn't seem like it worked out. I mean, maybe you can sit here and say, well, maybe next year or in... 2017, it will come together. But how many good years does Nowinski have? This might be the last hurrah for him. Rest for the next two years of his career, he might be a guy who's only 18 points a game with maybe a 36% shooter. And if that's him, 36% three-point shooter. And if that's all he has, then what's there to worry about? He's not a star. He's a decent player. Maybe it's just me. I just don't see where the Mavericks are going after this year. You either... This is a Daryl Morey uh, idea. You either want to be great enough to win a championship or bad enough like Sam Hickey Hinkie and the uh, 76ers be bad enough to go through the draft and rebuild. And the Mavericks are just kind of in that middle ground. Good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to do anything when they get there. And I'm sure we'll talk more about the Mavericks in their offseason. But uh, let's go to the winners. We'll talk about James Harden, who actually played a great game um, in the third game. Let's see if I got this right. 42 points, 9, uh, nine assists, 5 rebounds, and one, stole, and 1 steal. I almost said stolen base. You can tell my mind's in baseball mode. Um, best game he's played so far in his entire playoff career. New playoff high with 42 points. And I hate to say this, but he really needs to get out of the first round this year. Or I'm afraid it might become a Tracy McGrady type thing where it just hangs over him. We're like, oh, well, you know, Harden, great player. MVP candidate during the regular season. Just not good enough to get it done in the postseason. And we saw that here in Houston with Tracy McGrady time and time again, even against these... Well, not these Mavericks, but a former Mavericks team where you know that awesome dunk over Sean Bradley is all he got out of the first round. Uh, wish him the best of luck. Really needs to win to get this out. And let's talk about the other Rocket. Uh, Dwight Howard, last night, tied a record with 26 rebounds. Record held, a playoff record held by Hakeem Olajuwon and Moses Malone. When you tie with Akeem Olajuwon and Moses Malone, two of the greatest big men in the game, you know you did something great. 11 offensive rebounds. I feel bad for for Tyson Chandler. He was just in there just screaming, get him off me, get him off me, get him off me. The 
only issue that I have with this team because I love watching them. Um, I think everybody from Howard and Harden to the role players like Ariza, the Jet, and uh, Josh Smith, Clint Capella as they get a run in the playoffs. Same thing with Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer has been astounding in these playoffs so far. I really hope they find a way to keep him on the team for another for another two or three years because what he does off the bench and even in, you know in a pinch starting has been a godsend for his team. A team that has been battling injuries almost from week one. Uh, but back to my point, Anthony and I were talking about this team last night, and you know to give up a hundred and twenty eight points to. A hurting Dallas Mavericks team is kind of worrisome. I don't know how they're going to do in the second round when they'll either have to take on the Spurs or the Clippers. And I'll talk about that game um, a little bit later. But even if they were able to luck out and beat either one of those teams, how confident do you feel about this team going against the Warriors? You know, the Warriors who won all four regular season matchups against the Rockets and have the the MVP pra- favorite, Seth, uh, Seth Curry, and the spl- other part of Splash Bur- Blur- Blur- the other Splash Brother, um, Clay Thompson. Just a little worrisome. You need something to think about. Um, let's move on to the second game of the night. Raptors 99, Wizards 106, and DC is up 3-0 in the series, same as the Rockets. Um, The only real question I have about this game, because I really didn't watch it, it really wasn't that interesting to me. After the Raptors get eliminated, which team is Drake going to latch on to next? You know it's coming. Let's just all put our bets down now. What team... It's what games he going to show up to wearing that team's colors. It's got to be Cleveland, right? He's boys with uh, LeBron James. Um, they're the best team in the East. Sorry, Hawk fans. He is kind of a front runner. Have you ever seen pictures with him hanging out with the Kentucky players, with the Duke players? Um, well, the only thing he's not front running with is with the Astros. But now that they're... Currently nine and six and standing on top of the AOS. I guess you can say he's a front runner for the basketball team too. So it's just a, it's a matter of time. But let's go. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the game. Well, not the game per se, but something I heard during it, which was the Wizard fans chanting MVP for John Wall. Look, I get it. He's your guy. He's a dynamic dynamic player, one of the fastest point guards in the league, scores from anywhere, a um, little bit of a turnover machine, one of the few guys that get a triple-double with 22 points, 12 assists, and 10 turnovers, which is a problem. But he's not even the MVP of the East, let alone the entire league. I mean, LeBron's better than him. You would give it to, like, three Hawks for what they did for the their ball movement and their team play. So I know fans are supposed to be fan is short for fanatic. You're supposed to be crazy for your team, but can we have a little bit of sense? 
John Wall, good. Superstar, eh, maybe. MVP, no. Not even close. Continuing on with the uh, Wizards. You talk about a team that really has come on the playoffs. Last year, there was a a team got knocked down the first round. um, Knocked down this first or second round. I can't even remember. It's been so long. But last year, they were a team that got, they had sport uh, SI articles. Talk about how they're the kids. They were the next big thing on TNT. Shaq and Charles talk about how this Wizard team could challenge Chicago or Cleveland come into this year as long as everything went right. And at the beginning, they started off great. They were one of the top ten, top teams in the league. And the last, I believe is the last 51 games, they went below 500. They caught, they stumbled, um, just uh, made into the playoffs as a, where are they now? They're the fifth seed after leading their division for a while. And I'm glad to I'm glad to see that they were able to turn their season around. It's nice to see teams, young teams, make the playoffs and make a little bit of a push. And I think they'll, you know, they have another step to reach. I think definitely John Wall, Otto Porter, um, one other guy on their team, Bradley Bill. They have a little bit more to go, more experience um, would definitely help them. The one thing that won't help them is their coach. Randy Whitman might be the most overmatched coach in the entire league. There is a vine going around of Randy Whitman not knowing which way is up on his coaching clipboard. I will try to link link it in our um, in the description in this podcast, but it's like, you just watch him just spin it around like five times. Like, what's going on here? Are you drunk, Randy? I, I don't know. I can't... I don't feel too much of anything. Uh, let's talk about the Raptors. The Raptors had, for them, an excellent season. They finished with the number four seed. Won the Atlantic Division, 49 wins, and they're one game away from being swept. The playoffs, especially in the NBA, it's about who you play. It's a big uh, rock, paper, scissors match. And the Raps have just run into a buzzsaw. Especially since there's something wrong with Cal Lowry. He's hurt or no there's no or he is hurt he has he has a leg or a back problem because he doesn't have he doesn't have the speed uh the shot the shots are not falling for him and his defense is waning and that's a guy who came into league with a defensive reputation and someone who prides himself on being able to hold shut down the best point guards in the league and that just has not happened for him just just sad. You do. You go through the year. You eighty-two games. You play the best that you can. 
And when it's time for you to step up in the playoffs, you're physically unable to. And that's just sad. I mean, I hope, I wish him all the best. I hope that the Raptors are at least able to win one or two games in this series. But it seems like it's a wrap. Like, game four is, let's see, 26. Toronto, Washington. Game four is tomorrow night on TNT, and it doesn't seem like Toronto has a chance. One done. But it's like Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce said, don't want to go back through customs. We home. Let's win at home and get it over with. <sighs> let's move on to... The third and final game last night, Clippers 73, Spurs 100. San Antonio is now up 2-1 to one in their series. All I can say is, you brought this on yourself, Clippers. You won that first game, you started hooting, hootering, hooting, hollering. Blake Griffin dunked on Aaron Barnes and, you know, took his soul away. You got too chesty, and the Spurs just came and showed that very leadership they, they, that they've, they've had for the past, ooh, since Popovich got here. We're going on 15 years. Popovich, Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, and now Kawhi Leonard. Don't wake the giant. Don't piss off the champs. I've said this before. The I will believe that the Spurs are... Done or dead and buried when Popovich and Duncan retire. That's the only way I'm going to believe that the Spurs legacy is over with. Because no matter what, I I tell you, I started the podcast talking about the Dallas Mavericks. I can't stand the Mavericks. They're too cocky. I respect everything that the Spurs have done. They play, and the way they play, coach, own, everything from top to bottom is a model organization that... Every team should try to model themselves after. And to get like to get overconfident, cocky, like the Clippers have done for the past couple of years, to be honest with you. There are numerous um, players around the league that complain that the Clippers act like they've already won the two or three championships in a row. They bark at the referees after every call that doesn't go their way. Um... Chris Paul is a maniac, <laughs> and I'm, I mean that in the nicest way. He's a great guy. You love the State Farm commercials he has, but you would not want to play with him. The way he gets up in your face when you make a mistake, um, tries to get up in DeAndre Jordan's face and Blake Griffin's face, yell at them, tell them what they're doing wrong. You know it's the one guy's face he doesn't get up into? The one guy he is not about that life. Matt Barnes, he is not trying to throw down with Matt Barnes because Matt Barnes will give him that two-piece and knock him out. But back to my original point. Don't upset the guys who have been here, done this, and have whooped your ass before. I, I think that goes without saying. Talk about one of the young guys on the Spurs team. The only young guy on the Spurs team. Kawhi Leonard uh, uh, yesterday won the Defensive Player of the Year. And all you can say is, 
would his career have turned out this way if he had never been traded? You forgot about that. He was originally drafted by Indiana. And Indiana traded him to the Spurs for George Hill. Now, I'll say for a year or two, that worked out fine for the Pacers. They were a contender for the Eastern Conference title. They took Miami to the brink a couple of years. But would they rather have Kawhi Leonard and... Uh, I'm blanking out his name. He just broke his leg. Kawhi Leonard and... Paul George, I knew it was there somewhere. I mean, there that's two defensive hounds right there. I I don't but then again, I don't know how Kawhi Lim's career would have turned out if he hadn't had Duncan there, if he had that pop there pushing him, motivating him. Um players uh, veteran players like Pop like Popovich, I'm losing it. Like Parker and Ginobili Guys who have won championships before and, you know, can say, hey, young pup, follow me. We know what we're doing. We've been here. We're the best. I don't know. I still think he would have been a fine player. Maybe not as great as he is. And just like John Wall, I think he has another step. I think Kawhi Leonard could be a 20-10 and 10 guy in this league. The sad thing is, I don't think that'll happen until Duncan retires. And then what do you do, Kawhi Leonard? You're with that team, Duncan's gone, and you become the face of the franchise. Is he ready for that responsibility? Hmm. Speaking of Tim Duncan, he just turned 39 today. And you talk about a guy who is ageless. We've said many times on the Q&A podcast that Father Time is undefeated, but Father Time taking on Tim Duncan has gone 12 rounds, and currently Father Time is in the corner with his cut man screaming, I can't shake him! I can't get him off me! I'm hurt, Mick, I'm hurt! (laughs) Just one of the greatest players of my generation... And you got to ask yourself, the last 15, 18 years, would you rather have Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant? Not to keep bragging on Kobe Bryant during this podcast. Poor guy has more money than God, and here I am ripping him. I would definitely take Duncan, just because the loyalty factor, um, the fact that (laughs) there's no drama outside of his divorce, which just happened last year, which came out of nowhere. He's just a solid veteran player. One of the best in the league. I take him over... Man. Would I take him over Shaq? Would you take him over Shaq? I guess it's a better question. I would. (laughs) I know Tim Duncan isn't going to come into the season 50 pounds overweight and try to use the regular season to play himself into shape. But going back to this game, this seems like it's the only series in the West that has a chance 
of going more than five games. Because let's be honest, after that loss the other night, the Pelicans are going down to the Warriors. They're just that's just dead man walking. The Rockets should sweep the Mavericks. And let's see. Blazers, Grizzlies. Honestly, the Blazers are too banged up to do any damage to Memphis. That may go five. You know, a gentleman sweep. Maybe the Blazers are able to pull off a game in Portland. But that's it. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Clippers, Spurs, that goes seven. As a Rockets fan, I would like to, for it to go 13 just so whoever comes out is dead tired and the Rockets can win a couple, can, can steal a couple of games. But that's just me. No, don't mean to be a hater, but I want the Rockets to have every possible advantage. <sighs> but we'll see. Right now, doing this podcast, watching the Hawks and the Heat. Hawks and the Heat, I am off. Watching the Hawks and the the Nets game I will talk about next time. I'll have some fun with that. Let's see. Anything else I want to talk to? I want to talk to you guys about? Nah, I think we're good. Good, nice, almost 30 minutes. Um, I'm be doing these podcasts, these NBA podcasts, about every night. Uh, might become a little dicey next week when the Astros come back to town on Thursday. We'll see how it goes. So let me just give out those Twitter handles. You already mentioned Anthony's earlier in the podcast, so you can go find him somewhere. You can find me at DQ327. And, of course, follow the main page at 288 underscore. Follow, uh, you can also find us on iTunes, the main uh, blogger site. Um, anything else? Nah, that's about all you need to know about how to find us. So, I really want to thank you all for listening and for sharing this podcast. And, you know, we really rely on you guys to give us feedback. Things we're doing well, things we suck at. Um, it's, it's really great to hear from you guys and tell us what you like and what you don't like. And I know you don't like my nasally voice, but I'm sorry. I can't control that. Um... But seriously, guys, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for passing this on, and, you know, just being along with us for the ride. I don't know where this is going to end up, but I'm glad that you're with us. Okay, enough mushy stuff. It's time to go. So, I just want to say thank you, and like always, later, baby. Later, baby.